84, verse 4. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 84, verse 4, as we continue our series, just a two-week series on this one, one word, one word. And uh, welcome to our Facebook family and friends. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, last week, and back to the last couple of years, I've been challenging and asking, having you consider uh, asking God to give you a word for the year. A lot of times people make resolutions. Um, by the end of January, like 75% of people have quit their resolutions and 90% have quit them by the end of the year. Uh, I'm not against resolutions. I've actually got a couple uh, that I've made. Um, I don't know if I'll quit them by the end of the year, but there's a good chance I might. But, uh, but one word, and the idea, as I mentioned last week, we opened this up last week, was to ask God to give you a word that will help you focus on Him, drawing near to Him, getting closer to Him, living with and for Him better. And I uh, really can't overemphasize how important our desire is. And that was the first point of the message last week. I'm not going to re-preach it, but... Just know that our desire for Jesus and our desire to see him glorified is what drives our ability to hear God. Give us one word for the year. And so um, if you weren't here last week, um, there's some questions uh, on our Facebook page, on our Hopewell Facebook page. If you are not aware of that, we do have a church Facebook page. There's some questions there. Uh, the sermon from last week's there if you uh, care to... Put yourself through that. <laughs> we can look at, you can look at that. But uh, anyway, let's look at today again. Psalm 84, we looked at that last week. I'll look at it again this week, different verse, and I'll probably hit those verses we did last week. But look at it again this morning, Psalm 84, 4, where the Bible says, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will still be praising thee. Selah. We don't know what Selah means, probably a break in the musical thing, but anyway. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they will still be praising thee. I want you to think about that idea of dwelling in God's house because it's important that we know how to live well together, to know how to live in harmony together. Heard about a lady, true story, uh, had a four-month-old daughter. She was taking a flight from Seoul, South Korea to San Francisco, California, about a 10-hour flight. You can imagine the mom's trepidation on a 10-hour flight and the things that she, she may be thinking about. And this mom was pretty resourceful. She made up 200 small bags of candy with earplugs. <laughs> to hand out to the people around her in case her daughter, there's a very good chance a four-month-old is going to cry on a 10-hour flight, right? So she made up 200 goodie bags to try to live well with the people in the airplane, try to live in harmony, try to help things out a little bit. And in each bag was a note written from the four-month-old perspective. Now, y'all know the four-month-old didn't write it, right? But written from the four-month-old perspective by her mom, and this is what she said. And remember, she's writing from her daughter's perspective, the four-month-old perspective. I'm a little bit nervous and scared because it's my first flight of my life, which means I may cry or make too much noise. And all God's people said, that's a real good possibility right there. I will try to go quietly, though I can't make any promise. I love this lady. How about you? I can't make any promises. Please excuse me. Please use the earplugs when it's too noisy because of me and try to enjoy your trip. Now, that's really being thoughtful and that's really trying to live well with others. By the way, not a peep from the child. <laughs> didn't cry, didn't fret, didn't do anything the whole show. See, sometimes when you prepare, the kid's like, well, this is not going to disturb anybody. I'll just go ahead and go to sleep, I guess. So, but anyway, the idea this morning for us is to choose one word or ask God 
to give you a word to help you to live well with Jesus, to help you live in harmony with Christ. And so it's not just a, not just a word to pick at the beginning of the year and then that's kind of a word, but it's to help us live with Christ, with God in harmony, to live well with Jesus, to live on a consistent basis with Jesus. Now, as I said last week, this is not a command of Scripture. Millions of people will live very well with Jesus this year without choosing one word. It's a help. It's not a competition. It's a help. It's not something to think about, well, you know, I should have done better. I didn't do so good last year, so maybe I won't do it this year. As I said last week, if your one word helped you at all, move in the direction that you felt like God wanted you to move, or obey God in some ways in the past year, or adjust your thinking or your attitude this last year towards God, or to share something with somebody else, or to pray for somebody else, then celebrate it. Rejoice in it. Don't get it under a guilt thing. Don't think, well, I failed at it. It's not about failing or passing. It's about a help. Everybody say help. It's about a help. It's about a way to help us live uh, with and for Jesus and to help us be more Christ-like. Most of us would say if we were making resolutions, hopefully, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you were to make a resolution this year, you would probably, hopefully, say something like, I want to be a better Christian. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more Christ-like. I want to, you know, do these kinds of things. And here's the thing about the one word. That's a big target to be a better Christian. It's a big target to be more Christ-like. The one word is designed to ask God to help you in an area of your life where you really need some help. In the area of your life, what would be great for you to grow in that area? So it's to, it's to focus that thing in a little bit better. So here's a couple of questions for you to think about. I shared these last week. It's on, they're on our Facebook page. But if you haven't um, if you haven't chosen a word yet, haven't felt like God's given you a word yet, think about these questions. What does God want you to focus on this year? What does God, I say to you on the screen, what does God want you to focus on this year? What's in the way? What do you need more of to be more Christ-like? What do you need less of to be more Christ-like? What needs to change to be more Christ-like? What matters most in your relationship with God? And what is one word that would drive you closer to God? Now, if you're married and you can't come up with one, ask your spouse. They already know it. <laughs> if you're courageous enough to do that, ask your parents, ask your son or your daughter. They probably got one for you. And here's one other rule for you. There are no redos. Can't use last year's word. That's the rule. Okay, it's in the Bible. Third hesitations, one, two. <laughs> it's not really in the Bible. John Gordon, uh, the guy who wrote the book that gave me this idea several years ago, said his dad told him one year, he's like, uh, I'm going to do my word again this year. And he said, you can't do that. There's no redos. And he said, it's my word. I can do what I want to with it. And John said, it's my concept and my book, and you can't do that again. <laughs> so, so I would encourage you not to do this, even if you feel like you fell short, you feel like it didn't do the best thing. And it's prayer is hell. I mean, if God tells you to do the same word, obviously, this is about following Jesus, right? But sometimes it's good to have a fresh word uh, for a fresh year. So let's talk about three ways to live it out, three ways to help us to not just have a word, but for this word to truly help us live with and for Jesus. Number one, three words. Number one is the word concentrate. The word concentrate. We want to focus on this word. We want this word to be in front of us. We don't want to have a word uh, picked in January and not think about it again until Thanksgiving. Okay, that's not the idea. Look in Psalm 84.4 again. Blessed are they that dwell. Those that live with. 
in a close way in God's house. Now, in the Old Testament, we know that the temple, the Old Testament temple was God's house. In the New Testament, your heart is God's house. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in your heart. And so you want to live with Jesus everywhere you go. Too many people still have a temple mentality that they go to church to be in God's house. Now, you know, we come to church to worship God together, but you always have Jesus with you. You're always in God. God is in your house. You're in God's house. You're never separated. This idea of well, you know, you shouldn't lie in church and you shouldn't tell a story in church and all that kind of stuff. God's with you every second of the day. You need more respect for God than you do a building, right? And hopefully we all have that. So this is about concentrating on a daily basis to look for ways to remind ourselves, to put some powerful reminders uh, in our life, some ways that will help us. The best way I have found, the best way I've found, is I've got it on my screensaver, on my computer. So every morning I do my quiet time on my computer. I'll, I'll go through Bible Gateway. I have four Bible translations up. When I open up my computer, my word for the year pops up. That's my screensaver. Um, I'm I'm thinking I'm going to try to get Joel to help me learn how to do that on my phone, my phone wallpaper. I'm not smart enough to do that yet. I get my, I get my picture of, of them when it's got those apps and stuff. I have a picture, but I haven't quite got the home screen organized yet. But anyway, to put it there, put it there. Maybe you can put it, and I, this is the second place. These are two places that are most helpful for me. One is on my screensaver on my computer. The other is a picture on my mirror where I shave at. You might be on the mirror where you do your makeup at. I've heard people People say they put it on their steering wheel. I have a little problem with that. I want you watching the road, not the steering wheel, not your word. But put it somewhere, maybe on the refrigerator, the door that we open the most in our house, right? Put it somewhere, somewhere where you can see it, be reminded of it. And, and you might even, you know, change the font on it, change colors, change the, the whatever you print out to put on, on the door because you, you get used to seeing it. So you might have to change it up some during the year. One person... Uh, as a document, uh, a piece of paper, a notebook, journal, something like that, where they collect verses and stories and things like that that go along with their one word uh, for the year. But the thing is, Satan wants to do what? Distract you. You live in a world full of weapons of mass distraction. Screens are everywhere. People are talking. There's all kinds of things going on. And one of the things that Satan most wants to do, not God, but Satan, he's the enemy, what he most wants to do is distract you. Do you mind on something, somebody, on yourself, on somebody else, on your career, more than God, okay? And that's what the one word is for us to help us to think about it. Distractions are the enemies of godliness. And even the simplicity and power of one word can get lost in the busyness and stress of life. And so some people... I've heard people make rocks out of their one word. Some people have had shirts made up for their one word. Uh, some people have mugs made up for their one word. Uh, some people have jewelry, uh, a necklace or a, or a bracelet put around their wrist that they can wear to remind them of, of their one word. Uh, put sticky notes around the house with your one word. But here's the thing. A little progress each day adds up to big results. A little progress each day, you think about it, you pray about it, you pray for somebody else, you put it in front of you, and you think, here's the thing, guys, you think, how does this help me live with and for Jesus? 
That's the idea, not self-improvement, not something like that, but to live with and for Jesus. You pray for it. Pray for your, I would encourage you to share it with your family. Pray for your children's one words. Pray for Sunday school classes. If y'all want to do one word as a Sunday school class and pray for each other. Pray for your parents, a prayer group, friends, people at work. But it's it's a way to tune us into Christ and what he wants us to do. And really, sharing your one word testimony is a great way to concentrate on it. Because it focuses you in on it. I put an outline in the bulletin because I would encourage as many of you that will uh, to share your one-word testimony. It makes it more real to you, and the church enjoys hearing it. The church is inspired by it. And, so, I, and it's very easy. I'm talking about three minutes. It's very easy to do. I'll give you, you a three-point outline. I'll just do mine real quick. My one word for the year is real. The way I came about discovering this word, the way I feel like God gave me this word, is I began to pray about it for two or three weeks. I wrote down about six or seven or eight words. And on January the 1st, we were worshiping at Olive Baptist Church. And Ted Trailer said in that worship service, I almost didn't preach today. He said, there was a word spoken to me this morning that found its way into my heart. And I went back after the early service, and I sat in my office, and I thought, I don't think I can preach the 11 o'clock service. He said, I seriously considered asking, and I'm not telling a secret, he's on TV, okay? (laughs) He shared this on TV, so I'm not spilling any beans here. But he said, I considered asking our music minister just to sing some songs and everybody turn loose because my heart was just hurt. My heart was just hurt. And I thought, Man, that's real. That's being real. And at the end of the service, I went and knelt at the altar because I wanted to give my 2023 to the, to the Lord. And I walked back to, to the seat. That word real just began to resonate in my heart. And I believe God wanted that. And the reason I believe that is because it's so easy. I've been a Christian since I was 17 years old. It's been over five years now. <laughs> it has. Seriously, it's been over five years. And, uh, and I've been pastoring for over five years now. Actually, in, in a December 2022, marked my 40th year pastoring. Started when I was six. Um, <laughs> and because of that, familiarity is one of my dangers. I know how to read the Bible. You know, I, I kind of know how to prepare a sermon. I, I, I know how to teach a class somewhat. Not great, not, but, but the danger for me is I forget or I don't want to forget to be real with God, to really try to get what God wants, to really help people walk in their relationship with Christ, and in my conversations to really say what I think God wants me to say and not just something that will kind of pacify them. And so that's my testimony. That's my one-word testimony for the year. Hopefully you'll be willing to share yours. Secondly is the word commit. Once you've chosen the word concentrate, put it, in that, put it in front of you, get it out there, and then commit to it. What I mean by that is you say to yourself and God, God, this is my one word, and I'm going to, with your help, I'm going to see what you do with it. I'm, I'm staying with it. One lady wrote this. She said, in 2022, her one word was joy. And she said, like many of you would probably say, she said, I don't feel like I did a very good job with it. There were weeks that went by that I didn't even look at it. But she said in December of this year, she said, I did look at it some. I did pray about it some. That was my one word for the year. I wish I had done better. But in December at their company, very, very busy at the end of the year, and um, somebody asked her, 
have you bitten anybody's head off yet? Because she typically did during December. And they said, have you bitten anybody's head off this December? And she said, I haven't. They said, really, why not? She said, my word for the year was joy. And I think I've grown in joy some. And her husband, during that time of year, was particularly stressful that time of the year. He said, you're happier than you usually are during Christmas season this year. Why is that? And she said, well, I, I think it's my one word for the year. I didn't do as well as I wanted to do. I, I, I didn't look at it every day like I should have. But she did commit to it, and she said that little progress every day, little progress every other day, little progress every other month, it adds up over a year. So will you, only you can do this, will you commit today? That nothing will get in the way of you growing more in love with Jesus this year. Will you commit today that nothing will get in the way of you stead? Maybe not every second of the day. Maybe not, you know, maybe you'll have times when it's hard. Maybe there'll be times you'll backslide. But will you commit today that nothing will get in the way of you growing more in love with Jesus? That's your weekly growth suggestion. I want to encourage you to do that. Look at Psalm 84, 6 and 7, the New Living Translation. And here's something that's probably going to happen to most, if not all of us, this year. Now, he's talking about here, the people of Israel will go to Jerusalem three times a year for festival and feast, and these are called a pilgrimage. And this was talking about one of those pilgrimages. He says, when they walk through the valley of weeping. Now, some of your translations will say B-A-K-A, the valley of Baca. That which the word literally means tears. So when you walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. What's he saying there? On your way to where God wants you to be, it's going to be a valley of tears. How many of you found that to be true? Say amen. Yeah, there's going to be a valley of tears. There's going to be some difficulties. There's going to be some things you wish didn't happen. There's going to be some things that don't go your way. But you, if you will commit, if you're, listen to me, if your why is big enough, if God is important enough to you, if Christ is important enough to you, then you'll find a how. The why has to be important. And the why is Christ. It's not one word. It's not church. Your why is Jesus. If that's most important, you will find a way. You'll find a how to walk through the valley of weeping, growing, growing in Christ. You see, it's growing, not conquering. It's growing, not winning. It's growing, not, you know, being a champion, something like that. One person wrote, throughout my 24 years of doing one word, I've grown more through the times I'm in the valley than the times I'm on the mountaintop. Anybody ever find that to be true? And so you commit today even when I don't feel like it, even when it seems like it's not helping me, even when it seems like I'm not growing much, Jesus is too important to back up, too important to quit. I'm going to find a way. I read, I read uh, if your wife's big enough, you'll find a how. I read about a guy, his name was Are um, You Darby. He had an uncle. And uh, his uncle, this is out west years and years, years ago when they had the gold rush and all that kind of stuff. And his uncle had discovered uh, a little gold out there, out west. And, uh, but he didn't have the right equipment, machinery, things like that to, uh, to mine the gold out. And so he, uh, he covered it all up, kind of hit his claim. And, and he went and bought some machinery so they could mine the gold out. And so he, he went, this guy, uh, Darby, went back with his uncle. And they went back to that mine and, and they began to, to work that machinery and work that mine and hunt for that gold. 
never did find much. Just thought some was there, thought he saw some, just couldn't find it. And didn't ask anybody for help or anything like that. Just, he just did his best and finally got out of money. So he, he sold his machinery off to somebody just for junk. Sold his machinery off and moved back home. Found out later that the guy that bought his machinery for little or nothing decided to hire a geologist, somebody who knows about gold, somebody who knows what's going on. And this geologist came out there and checked the mine out to see if he thought there was any gold or anything out there. And they found gold three feet from where they were digging. You never know how close you are to a breakthrough. You never know how close you are to an answered prayer. You never know how close you are to somebody being an answered prayer for you. You never know how, it's always too early to give up. Do you know when most marathoners quit the running a marathon? <laughs> Mile 20. Mile 20. And the reason, if the first couple of miles is no problem. They've been training for a marathon. They, can run, they feel like they can run forever. Once you get to mile 23, 24, you ain't quitting now. <laughs> you're, too, you're too close. You'll walk, crawl, whatever. Mile 20 is when most people hit the wall. It's hard. You just don't know if you can make it. But here's the difference. If somebody says, I'm going to make it, and they've got a strong enough why, they'll find a how. Last of all, it's change. We have our word, we concentrate up, put powerful reminders in our life. We commit, this is my word for the year, and, and it's about Jesus. It's not about one word, it's not about resolutions, it's about Christ. I'm committing even in the weeping time, even in the hard time, my feelings are hurt time, sickness time, all that kind of stuff. Interesting that Rhonda would share all that. Rhonda didn't know I was going to be doing this. I had no idea what she was singing today, and she talked about the hard times as well. In the middle of all that, when there's a cross in your life, you choose Yes, and that means God changes you. If you're not willing to change, you're not going to grow. Tony Robbins, who's not a Christian, but he said, by changing nothing, nothing changes. <laughs> right? By changing nothing, nothing. So you have to be willing for God to convict you of some sins. We do still sin. It's not just issues or mistakes. We sin. We have to turn away from our sins. We, we're willing to change the way we relate to people. We change, we're willing to change our attitudes, the way we see the world, the way we see other people. Uh, one guy wrote it this way. He said, for many years, my one word was about 99% self-improvement. And that's not what we're talking about. The power of one word, he said, was about its impact on others. And if our one word is about Christ, it is going to be about serving others. And you know what? The more we fall in love with Jesus, the more we're going to be willing to serve others. Let me show you something I learned this week. I didn't learn this on my own. I learned this from, um, from Sadie Robertson. Uh, her last name's Huff now. Sadie and I are like that. And, uh, but Sadie Robertson, I saw a YouTube clip of her speaking. And she, uh, she had her iPhone and she said, asked everybody in the audience to turn their flashlight on their iPhone, so it doesn't work as good in church because they had, we're in a dark thing. And so everybody turned their light on in their iPhone. Now watch this. She said, now turn your camera on. Light. Now y'all watch my light, okay? If, if you've been daydreaming or sleeping or whatever, pay attention. This is kind of fun. And you can tell your friends about this. And maybe even Jesus help you. So look at my light. So I'm going to turn my camera on like I'm going to take a selfie. And so there, and then it says, do you want to delete that? No. So I turn my camera on. What happened? The iPhone will not let you turn the camera on with your flashlight on. You cannot shine the light on Jesus while you're focusing on yourself. 
You cannot shine the light on Jesus while you're focusing on yourself. And so what we want to do is to say, Lord, I want to focus on you. I want to focus on you. And so this morning, I, I showed you this a couple of years ago. I want to show you a short video. Uh, um, this lady is not a, a one-word video, but it's a lady that uh, is really tuned in to serving somebody else. Who's really tuned in with Jesus as her highest aim, her highest goal. And so guys, if y'all would play the video for us, if you'll put that on and, uh, and you'll see what happens here. Watch this. It gets better. You're watching Action News Fox. Even better. <laughs> so, so we're going to be able to do it, Garrett? Okay. So, it's... Go ahead and play with it while I tell the story. <laughs> I'll tell the story. It's much better if you hear the lady tell the story. There's this lady. She's like 87 years old or so, this, 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 this elderly lady, grandmother kind of lady. And she, uh, she had somebody get in her car with her and tried to rob her. Seriously, it's on, it's on Action News 5, Memphis. <laughs> I got that part. And so... Uh, he got in and said, give me all your money. And she said, I'm not going to do that. And he said, give me all your money. She said, no, I'm not going to give you my money. Uh, she said, but I, I will pray for you. She said, because you need Jesus. And, uh, and so I want to pray for you, and I want to pray. You don't need to be living like this. You don't need to be doing this. And so you got it? Okay, go for it. A woman about to be mugged in the parking lot of a Walmart turned things around on her would-be attacker. Without a gun, without pepper spray, she protected herself. I was lucky enough to meet Pauline Jacoby in Dyersburg. She told me about the powerful words that saved her and could possibly save her attacker, too. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins. 92-year-old Pauline Jacoby reads her Bible every day. Her strong faith keeps her going in life and in the process may have saved it. Jacoby had just finished putting away her groceries inside her car at a nearby Walmart. Only seconds after Jacoby got into her car, a man jumped in the passenger side. The man told Jacoby he had a gun and that he would shoot her if she didn't give him money. I said, no. I'm not looking my money. Jacoby told him no three times. Then she started to talk to him. You know, as quick as you kill me, I'll go to heaven and you go to hell. She told him to ask God for forgiveness. I said, Jesus is in this car and he goes with me everywhere I go. And... Uh, <laughs> he just sort of looked around, and the tears began coming in his eyes. Jacoby ministered the man for 10 minutes inside her car. And he says, I, I think I'll go home and pray tonight. I said, you don't have to wait tonight. I said, you can just pray anytime you want to. As tears were rolling down the man's face, Jacoby voluntarily gave him all the money she had. 
$10. And when I told him I was going to give him the money, I said, don't you spend it on whiskey either. <laughs> the man thanked her for the money and then... Reached over and kissed, kissed me on the cheek. <laughs> and walked away. He walked away. Somebody say amen. amen. So I want you to pray that God will use your one word and my one word to have that kind of impact. Put the prayer up, Chase, if you will, please. Here's a prayer. Several of you asked me for this prayer last week. Uh, I'll put it on our Facebook page. But here's a prayer you might want to pray. Lord, as we start 2023, we ask you to make it a life-changing, breakthrough year. We don't just want a good year, but a God year. May you mark it with your power and presence. Strengthen us every day. May this year be the best year for loving you, loving each other, and sharing you with others in Jesus' name. I want to challenge you to pray that at least three days this week. At least three. And it's not because repetition means anything. If you can pray it 20 times a day, that means anything. It doesn't come from your heart. What a great way to start the year and say, Lord, may this be the most God year, breakthrough year I've ever had. Would you stand, please, with heads bowed and eyes closed? Heads bowed and eyes closed, and we're looking around. Lisa comes to the piano. She'll begin to play softly this morning. And uh, as she plays softly, you begin to pray. If, you're not having, if God's not giving you your one word, yeah, ask God for a word. If you want to come kneel at this altar and say, Oh, Lord, I want to start 2023 kneeling before you, saying I want this to be the year I get closer and closer to Jesus. I want this to be a God year, a year where I love people, I share Christ more than ever. God, God I want this to be a powerful year for me and you living well together, living well together. Never been saved? I'd love for you to, to show you how to be saved today. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that you would speak right now, that you would help us to hear your voice and respond to you, Lord, the way you want us to respond in Jesus' name. This leads to place. Uh, you want to come to the altar and pray? Come pray. If you want me to pray with you, I'll be glad to do that. You want to rededicate your life, join this church, whatever other public decision you need to make, you do it right now as we have our time of commitment today.